The opinions, views, and beliefs of the Unknown Packers podcast do not reflect or represent those of the Green Bay Packers organization, nor are we affiliated with the Green Bay Packers. We're just a couple of fans talking football. Go Pack Go! Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. Touchdown! Dagger! Al Harris, 56 yards to a game-winning touchdown! Green Bay Packers! Go Pack Go! Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. Unknown Packers podcast. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. And let me tell you this, Green Bay is a great town. Welcome to the Unknown Packers Podcast for 2-1 and one on tap. I'm your co-host Bryce Christensen and alongside me I have Neebles and Ken Ingles and the Green Bay Packers improved to 2-1. and one. Could have easily been 1-2 and two with a 30-28 victory over the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night. 37 seconds. Rodgers to Adams, two completions. One was a 25-yarder to midfield, which was almost deflected by Fred Warner. A spike, another 13-yarder to Devonta Adams, run up and spike. A great snap by Hunter Bradley. Mr. Bo Jangles putting it down so fresh and so clean, clean. And Mason drilling it through the uprights, which almost was blocked by Dante Jackson, who got a great jump on that outside corner, but who cares? It is a game of inches, and actually what Bill Huber said in his article, a fraction of an inch, but who gives? The Packers are 2-1. and one. How are you all feeling after that Sunday night thriller? Whew, that was a thriller. Yeah, that was one hell of a game. Um, you know, going into it, you know, I think we talked last week where, you know, really didn't know. I wouldn't be surprised either way, come out with mm-hmm. a victory or loss. And damn it, it came down to the last seconds, literally, to the last mm-hmm. 37 seconds, if you will. And yeah, man, like I was on the, you know, I was standing up. Um, our boy Nevels, uh is, he... I'm I'm on like a minute delay. You doing that YouTube TV <laughs> streaming, cutting the cord, and so there's a few times during the game I was getting like MVS. Uh, oh yeah, text be- that was beautiful. The, by the way, before I even got to see the snap, so I figured there was some big plays or touchdowns ahead, and I I just threw my phone on the floor. I'm like I'm not looking at it yep. because I'm I know I'm gonna get a text, or I think I'm gonna get a text from somebody if not if not our boy here. And oh man, I was at the uh, jumping up and down for that one. That was great. Oh yeah, it was a it was an awesome game all around. I think the only reason why it was sent in the MVS text is because we were talking beforehand, and I'm like, "Yep, MVS is going to have a have a big game this time." So, oh, yeah. but yeah, that was a that was an awesome game. I was really shocked by the by the start. I mean, I expected them to come out and play mm-hmm. well, but I did not expect them to play you know that kind of well. I mean, it was it was awesome all around. Defense was was great. I mean, what they they uh, Niners didn't score until what the end of the end of the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Right, they tried to double right. dip, so, and, and they did double They did, dip, but it's, I'm just thinking, I mean, the defense, if you think about it, I mean, that's that's four quarters mm-hmm. they pitched a shutout, which is pretty unheard of. I mean, mm-hmm. it looks like a completely different defense. Offense was 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 grooving. It was a fun game to watch. Um, I had, I again, I had my doubts as well. I thought that it was going to be a close game. I didn't think it was going to be a blowout either way, and it certainly was, but it was it was a lot of fun, especially that second or that that first half. I was really shocked at how you know how far ahead we pulled, and then you know everything kind of came back down to earth, and it was an awesome game the whole way through. So that's the kind of game I like to see. Way to like, I mean, way to stick it to the Niners. You know, twenty nineteen <laughs> they embarrassed us twice, yep. and the whole talk about uh, 
Shanahan wanting Aaron Rodgers and the ice cold shakedown oh, at the end, if there was even like a, I could feel that. And it was just great to see LaFleur sort of own it, you know, walk up and kind of give him the side eye a little bit, say what you will, like what they said in their post-game press conferences. Um, and maybe it was the heat of the moment for Shanahan, but there's just so much history. And then you throw in Aaron Rodgers, you throw in that game. What a beautiful way to win, honestly. On the road, come back, you're up 2-1 now. It could be easily 1-2, sort of limping into uh, the Steelers back, you know, two losses in three weeks, but they pull a victory and they sort of get that monkey off their back with the San Francisco 49ers. They beat them last year, but that was the Niners uh, were the most injured team last year. And also they were, you know, just derailed by COVID. I think they had like seven or eight players out with COVID or contact tracing last year. So that game sort of had an asterisk. This was, this was a heavyweight battle from start to finish. Uh, Granted, the Niners had a sort of a slow start, the key, and we talked about this before, is the Packers getting the ball right off, right at the start. Mm-hmm. Get up, get up that fast start. They don't like playing from behind. They, they get anxious. They sort of scrap their game plan. They got up ten nothing, and then they had the opportunity to um, put more points on the board. They went for it on fourth down in the red zone, didn't convert, and you're sort of. I was okay with that play. Mm-hmm. But then in the fourth quarter, when the Niners are driving, it's like, oh man, I could, we could really use those three points. You know, start getting that um, that voice in the back of your head, start creeping, start talking a little bit. But all in all, um, I'm sort of rambling. I, I've just been fired up, looking forward to talking about this game because I was excited about this game, just like any any other week. I just I really wanted them to beat the San Francisco 49ers. I didn't I didn't have a convincing win yet. I didn't believe that the Lions was a convincing win. This was a statement win. And to see Rodgers all excited, Crosby, LaFleur jumping up and down, he said some colorful language, if you can read lips pretty well. <laughs> this this game meant a lot to LaFleur, Rodgers, and the Green Bay Packers. How about that offensive line, man? <sighs> I mean, Yash. Oh. All pro Yash. Unbelievable. What's the stat that I uh, I saw someone mention out that you know you throw out Turner and the rest of the four had five NFL starts yeah. going into this yeah. game with the two rookies, mm-hmm. uh, Runyon coming in last week and then obviously Yash coming in fresh, and everyone thought that that was like Plan C or <laughs> you know like the 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 hot topic of conversation was oh okay Billy Turner's gonna move over. And Dennis Kelly's going to go in at right tackle, or maybe Dennis Kelly will go in at left. And then, never, oh, and if you need to, you got Yash, you know, just in case. And no, that, mm-hmm. you're like, no, we're going with this guy. And so that was a little bit of a surprise. And that first drive, you know, looked a little dicey, looked a little shaky, like, oh, we're going to be in for a long night. But man, after that, he seemed to really settle down. And the line played like, like a veteran lineup, especially against the defensive front of the 49ers, which is nothing to, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. They're a powerhouse and yeah, they got, you know, I had some help here and there and you saw the, uh, Rogers, um, there's some other stats flying around that you can see like his time to release was like around two seconds or Mm -hmm. under two seconds. So the game plan, you know, was to get the ball out, get it out quick, and give help if needed. And it seemed to really work this time around. They're a better team when they get that ball out quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think it's one of those things. Granted, you, you're going to adjust um, a little bit, but give credit to Lafleur too because he provided help to that offensive line with uh, the Sycamore and, and Nebel's your boy, Alan Lazard. Oh, yeah. They were 
cleaning people. Just just a cleanup crew. Uh, Tunyon just pancaking Bosa. Uh, Lazard playing like a tight end. That's just great football. And to your uh, comment, Ken, uh, Yash had his first career start. Uh, Runyon with his second, Josh Myers with his third, and Royce Newman with his third. Pretty crazy to think about, and uh, they played well. I was n- really, really nervous when you knew that Elton Jenkins was out. I, you know, leading up to the game, he was doubtful, and then I think like the day or two days before um, Sunday, he was ruled out, and then Yash was was the man. So I just felt like, oh man, you had to protect Aaron Rodgers and. Uh, it's a convincing win. It has me very excited. And I know people that are probably tuning in are like, oh, you were concerned and sort of um, being judgmental or looking down upon the Green Bay Packers these first two weeks. I just, with the offseason that they had, I it was concerning to think, are, is this team going to gel? Okay, they needed a little bit of warm-up. Um, now I'd like to see them continue. Let's put the, the, uh, the foot down and uh, pedal to the metal and let's start steamrolling some teams because you we've got a real rough stretch here right after October I want to say that that sort of concerns me but right now being two and one if you would ask me at the beginning of the season after three weeks I probably would have said the Packers would be two and one I, I, I figured they'd beat the Saints and the Lions and lose to the Niners but beating the Niners on the road NFC contender um, Nibbles, you talked about in week one where you're going to want that game back with the New Orleans Saints, you know, down mm-hmm. the road. This game was definitely one where you, you couldn't oh, lose yeah. this game to the Saints and the Niners and then try to think about, uh, I mean, granted, they probably would run away with the North, but who knows? Uh, it was just a great, great game all around. When you're talking about surprises, another surprise, Devondre Campbell back to back weeks. Again. Yeah. He's a player. We've got we've got ourselves a, a inside linebacker and um Mr. Bojangles too, Bojo, Corey Bojorquez, Bo, can't even say mm-hmm. his last name, but he's got a massive leg and he can tilt the field. Um this is what you wanted in JK Scott and what a fleece it looks like even though the Rams already had their punter, but this looks like to be one of the shrewdest moves by Gutekunst getting a getting a game changer at punter and then also when that kick was, um, when everything was getting lined up with the snap with Hunter Bradley, I was nervous about Bojo. Did he, did he have the experience with Mason Crosby? This is a big uh, moment. Was he going to take that snap clean, get that down, line it up right for for Mace? And uh, sure enough, he did. So uh, another week of Bojangles and Devondre Campbell being surprises. Is there anyone else that kind of stood out to you uh, throughout the Niners-Packers game? I just want to kind of circle back to Campbell. I mean, he he once again led the defense with 11 tackles, and uh, um, I thought also it was, it was kind of impressive that um, he had to. He he mentioned how he had to take um, Barnes's special team snaps as well. So he was he was on double duty last night or Sunday night, whatever. Yeah, Sunday night. Uh, another thing I want to circle back again to uh, to my boy Lazard. Um, I read I read mm-hmm. today that he was talking about how after the the 68 yard kickoff return by the Niners. How he raised his hand and said, "You know, I want to play special teams coverage just so that doesn't happen again." So talk about a you know a selfless dude. What a stud! I mean, he he's way more valuable to this team than anybody really realizes. Again, mm-hmm. between you know, he may be not he may not be getting the targets as of yet, but you know all that unseen stuff. I mean, his, his blocks, his you know willingness to go on and play special teams just uh, 
He's just the ultimate team player, and he he continues to impress week in and week out. He can light yeah. it up oh, yeah. too. Like he had that nice complete or nice catch along the sideline. I forget what the yardage was, but it was a nice completion. So he can he can uh, he can kill you yeah. too. Where you're sort of sleeping on him a little bit. He's punishing him with those blocks, and he's got game speed. Sort of that uh, that long speed where he where he can really sort of torch you. So you, you can't have enough players like. Like Alan yeah. Lazard, it's he's uh, an unself- unselfish player. Oh yeah, too. totally. You know, what he had one target that was his lone catch and lone target uh, was that forty-two yarder that you're mentioning, Bryce. Forty-two. And I don't yeah. think he had any targets mm-hmm. against the Lions, and so he's yep. just he's just that enforcer. He's that team player. He's that he's that role player. He's that guy who just kind of gets it done. So I'm really glad you uh, you circled back on that one, Nables, because if you weren't, I was going to for awesome. sure. We got to talk about the Jair interception, right? Boys? Oh man, like, that was that just looked so impressive. Like he, he had nothing to do with that play. He realized, you know, the the routes weren't coming his way, and he he was looking for work, is the old saying, right? And he just he saw what was happening, and he just took off, used his speed, and snatched that ball mm-hmm. away. You know what? It, he he did worry me a little bit on his return because he was holding it out there like a loaf of bread. Um, yeah. But to be fair, he hasn't had a lot of uh, experience because quarterbacks usually aren't throwing his way, and that's been his. You know, if you can even criticize his game, that he you know his interception numbers aren't up there um, as high as maybe he would like or what fans on the outside would per- perhaps like. So he doesn't have the experience running with the ball in a live game. Someone needs to pull him aside and say, "You need to tuck that football in." Man, that was that was a huge turning point and a huge step up for this defense, and hopefully a sign of things to come. Um, Jair continuing to elevate his game even further, if that's even possible. I say that dude came all the way out of right field, <laughs> all the way yeah. out of right field for that one. It was phenomenal, phenomenal play. He had a couple plays too, like that last year where he had just missed an interception. I think one was to like uh, Justin Jefferson against the Vikings, where he just read Kirk Cousins and had no business being in that area, but just. Trusting his instincts and making a football play, so it was nice for him to actually come down with this because he's been close a couple other times. It's sort of his uh, ace up his sleeve, if you will, Mm -hmm, for sure. And another thing about that play is that Stokes really played it. That played really well. You know, he got a hundred percent of the snaps with Kevin King out with an illness that kind of came last minute before the game um, that he wasn't Mm going to be active. So Stokes thrust into that starting spot for better for worse and. Man, on that play, he he did have solid coverage. There's not much more he could do. But so even if that was a completion or even a contested ball uh, without Jair coming in, like compliments to both the cornerbacks on that single play, just coming up huge. Well, um, with Stokes, he sort of had his or he did have his welcome to the NFL game. Also, the the officials, too, I thought weren't being... um, I, I, th- that pass interference call. I mean, he he got beat on that play, and I think he un- underestimated how quickly he could catch up back to. I forget who uh, the receiver was, but he got called on that pass interference. I mean, that granted, he put his hand on, but I don't think he affected the play by any means. So it, it's nice. I mean, it's nice for us to get that win. It's also nice for him to get those experiences too. Trust his speed a little bit more, but that game is going to slow down oh, yeah. for him. He's the real deal. Uh, and I think this is a perfect opportunity to embed our, our fan question that we got from at Matt Trombone, Matt Pickett. His question was, what's your, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but talking about the cornerbacks and Stokes and Jair and that cornerback position group, what's 
how do you think they're going to fare moving forward? We sort of highlighted it already. I guess I'll, I'll jump in here. I'm excited. Stokes was, I felt like he went really under the radar um, for a lot of Packers fans this offseason. And obviously, Kevin King, there's a lot. <laughs> I don't know what else can be said that hasn't been said or you can hear. You know, there's, he's definitely a, a divisive figure. <laughs> for Packers fans and going forward at this point, it looks like obviously Jair is going to be the man and Stokes Mm -hmm. looks like he has every opportunity to be the man on the other side. The Packers are looking to get Kevin King involved in the slot, which is interesting because they still know that he has value on this team and he can be a player. Um, He's shown it many times in the past. It's just the consistency is where it breaks down. Shannon Sullivan is that boy who's typically what we think about. For our slot starting slot, he was brought back along with King, uh, those two, to really be the number two in the slot, and things are shifting around. You know, for a top four, that's not that's nothing to really complain about. And going forward, that's where the issue in this room is really going to be beyond this year. Is all you really have is Alexander and Stokes, and then Jean Charles, who hasn't yeah. had a snap yet hasn't even had an opportunity yeah. active for the first time but didn't play a snap on defense so going forward there's a lot of depth questions at the position but at the top of the depth chart things are looking pretty good for sure <laughs> for sure i mean i don't have a whole lot to add to that i mean you, you said it very well I, this is the most excited i've been about you know, a cornerback group for the green bay packers in a long time i mean obviously we know what we have in jair Stokes, he is three games in, you know, his first start, and I don't think he could have done any better. He's obviously going to have his rookie moments here and there, but man, the more time he gets, the more he's going to learn. And there, there's definitely no looking back to King um, at that outside outside corner position going forward. There's they just can't go back. Um, King in the slot, you know, we'll have to we'll have to see how he does. I, I thought Sully made some some good plays, and I wouldn't be surprised if eventually. You know, Sully even moved ahead of King in the depth chart. Who knows? But uh, um, like I said, you you said that very well. Not a whole lot to add. I'm very very excited about this cornerback group going forward. How uh, how a lot has changed from uh, Demarius Randall and Quentin oh, Rollins yeah. to Jair Alexander and Oof. Eric Stokes. I'll, one thing that um, I wanted to mention to Matt's question is that when uh, Brian Gutekunst drafted Jair Alexander with his first overall pick. In 2018, he he said something after the after the draft, after selecting Jair Alexander, and how much he covets cornerbacks. He views them just on the same level as quarter. Obviously, quarterback um, is a premium and is the number one position you need a quarterback. And then, uh, but he he valued cornerback, and I know that a lot of general managers throughout the league do because if you have a shutdown corner, um, that just influences your defense so much more. But there's a possibility you could have two legit shutdown corners that are physical, that are speedy, that play with swagger. Um, that influences, impacts the defense overall in ways that I can't even fathom, really. It, it's just hard to think. I mean, it goes back to what when we had Al Harris and Tremont Williams. I, I mean, when we had Woodson and Williams and Harris and Sam Shields, like that that group, It'll be exciting to see with Stokes and Alexander. I guess the big question is that depth. Can Sullivan continue to play well? King have an expiration date on him. So I'd like to think that they're going to continue to fortify that cornerback position depth-wise in, in the draft moving forward. But 
uh, having a stud 1A and 1B alpha apex predators on on, on the boundaries with Jair and, and Stokes, really exciting. Uh, this defense is so young when you think about it with Darnell Savage as to him coming into his own. Just haven't had that, so it's really hard to have my or wrap my mind around it. But I think this was just a snapshot of of what we we can see moving forward. That interception by Jair Stokes playing with his instincts and his speed. Uh, the game's going to slow down him for a little bit more, but I, I can't wait to see when they're like in their prime, in the best shape of their lives, and playing football for the Green Bay Packers. It's it's exciting. Anything else before we wanted to wrap up first half? We're still going to talk about uh, the Packers Niners in the second half. we got to fill in the blank and then talk about the Packers and Steelers. But anything before we wrap up the first half? Uh, I don't think so. All right. All right. Let's go to a commercial break. We'll be right back. Go Pack Go. This episode is brought to you by Sonic Transformation. Check us out at www.sonictransformation.com. Sonic Transformation, your sound refined. Go, Pack, go! And we're back with the second half of 2-1 and one on tap. Oh, boy, that sounds sweet, 2-1. and one. And I want to talk about uh, another stud in Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in the NFL. I talked about him as we wrapped up 1-1 uh, one and one on tap about how he just tends to blow up against the 49ers, just a beast. And when you look at... The four games prior to Sunday night, he was averaging out nine receptions, 121 and a half yards, and a touchdown per game. He had posted seven plus receptions in each of those four games and reached 10 receptions twice while recording 130 plus receiving yards three times 173, 138, 132. Last season, he had 10 receptions for 173 yards and a touchdown. And in these last two games, so with Sunday and then last season, he's had 22 receptions, 305 yards, and two tugs. 12 receptions in this game on Sunday, uh, 100 100 plus yards and and a touchdown. Uh, Devontae Adams, uh, he is a poet out there. He's like that. I was sort of thinking of an analogy, just watching him play. He's just so smooth. He's like that jazz club or jazz coffee club, that just that smooth poet where you just – Watch him, and when you hear Aaron Rodgers talk about how you how you're romantic with football, watching Devonte Adams, it it it's just it's intimate. I'm I'm just going to be completely honest. It's just one of those things where it's just the way he plays the game next to Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, but the way Devonte Adams plays the game, he's one of the best, most fluid players that I've ever watched. But I wanted to mention, just he was the man, and. Two catches in those 37 yards. Rodgers went to Adams. The defense even knew that they were going to go to Adams. They shifted to a cover two, and Adams still ate him alive. Uh, That's a pure definition of the best wide receiver in the NFL. When the game plan is to take you out, and they still cannot take you out, Um, it's scary to think what he's going to continue to do. And It's also, who knows, maybe this is the last dance for Devontae Adams. I didn't mean to be negative. But I keep thinking about that every every game that passes. Is I hope that this isn't the last season. But I just ruined that moment. Sorry. Way to go. <laughs> no, no, I get it. Like I, to me, you know, obviously me being who I am, looking forward to the cap and everything. I'm echoing with what you're saying. Like it's always in the back of my mind or in the front of my mind. But I'm trying to enjoy. It. I'm trying to enjoy the season. I'm excited for the season. I think that there's potential 
you know, just like there was last season. And, you know, they pretty much have the majority of the same team. And, man, it's it's like poetry watching Rodgers and Adams on the field. But, you know, I'm, I'm with you a little bit. You got that in the back of your mind. But on game day, that all goes away. And I'm just excited to root for uh, 12 and 17, that connection to continue. You said a lot about, you know, the plan, especially in those last 37 seconds. Something that I noticed, too, kind of watching this game is just, like I, I've never really, I guess I've never picked up on it before, but the spin move catch <laughs> oh, <laughs> that yeah. Adam seems to pull off in the, air. in the air, running full speed, turns around, catches the ball um, right when it's, you know, gets close to him and then just effortlessly like spins around and continues on his route, mm-hmm. dodging fools to get more yards. It's just, it's, it's, it's yeah, we haven't seen this level of route running and grace, you know, and just pure ability in quite some time. And, you know, he wants to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league because he thinks he's the best wide receiver in the league. And, you know, honestly, he's got really good arguments for both. And man, week in, week out, it's it's been it's been a show. I mean, for real, everybody says that Packer fans are just spoiled by the by the quarterback play they've had over the years and Man, now watching you know, getting to watch Adams. I mean, that's that's you know being spoiled in a whole another way. I mean, he's just a phenomenal, amazing receiver. He does things that guys can't do. And just to think, a couple of years ago, people were calling for him. You know, calling for his head, calling from you know, calling from to be cut. Won't name any names or anything, but uh, but yeah, he's just <clears throat> he's just a phenomenal dude to watch. A lot of fun every week. It's just, what's what's he gonna do next? What is he gonna pull out next? I mean, Rogers has his magic throws. Day has his magic catches, and it's just it's just a great time to be a Packer fan with those two on the roster. He's he looks bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, he does. He he looks bigger, like more muscle for sure. I was uh, tossing a little little stat here. Um, I saw that uh, uh, Aaron Jones and Adams now have each scored twenty plus touchdowns over the last twenty games, which is the first time in Packers history that a duo has done so. So again, it's a it's a magical time to be a Packer fan. Special special offense oh, right yeah. now and. Crazy to think what one week does to the next. Just like what Rogers said, the energy was there and the excitement of all these players and coaches to to pull away uh, this victory. I can't imagine what the flight home was like. I mean, those are those are connecting, bonding moments. You win, you're galvanized, you're excited. That off season, the whole questions of it, is this team cohesive? That type of win makes this team even more cohesive and. It's exciting to see, and it just it makes it. I feel a little bit more assured. Mm-hmm. Like okay, okay, like the Packers have this mindset; they can go out and they can beat good teams. Um, the Niners are a great team, um, and the Packers really got to give credit to Jimmy Garoppolo. I didn't think that he was going to have the game that he had, and then to have that drive um, at the end to give them the lead for the first time in the game. But the Packers stopped the run. The D line showed up. So Joe Barry gets gets a nice win too, and to see Joe Barry and Aaron Rodgers embrace at the end of the game as well, just a lot of moments where you could, just could feel the connection, right? And uh, th- those are recipes for for winning streaks, in my opinion. The double up was rough, you know, fourteen points, you know, in the last second, literally the last second of the uh, first half, and then to come back at the ball and score again—that's rough. Scoring twenty-eight and still getting a victory, um, I'll take it. Is that is that going to be sustainable? Is the offense going to be able to have to you know, ring the bell week in and week out? You know, if twenty eight points is going to be kind of the norm. the norm going forward, we'll see. But again, this is a victory, is a close victory with three of the best players on the team sidelined 
you don't forget yeah. you got Zadarius Elton and um the third name is escaping me at the moment. Bakhtiari. There you go. Yes. Bakhtiari, <laughs> forget him. And then, you know, obviously Kevin King being what he is too, but you know, he's a big player on this team. And like so, you know, that's four names. Those are four players that get significant snaps who are starters in their right. Uh, who are not available for this game, and to come back with a win is is huge, especially on the road. I'll take us, especially even on top of everything, you know, going back to 2019 and everything, yep. you know, all <laughs> the the nightmares that that caused. You know, 2020 for whatever reason gets a pass because you know there weren't fans in the stands. Rogers has that advantage when he can hear and make those calls and adjustments and. As we know, the 49ers were just decimated last year. But so this one just, it felt, to your point you mentioned earlier, Bryce, this one just felt really good. I love it. Packers sit at two and one, and we uh, switch gears now for the fill in the blank. And then we wrap up with a little Pittsburgh Steelers and Green Bay Packers talk. Uh, Ring around the Rosie. All right. Question (laughs) for you. Yes. Ken Angles is the fill in the blank. you You guys don't even know what this is. So, you know, circling back to our topic, we talked about. Devante a little bit earlier and just the performance and he's you know had not only this game but all season just want to you know share some stats with you guys really quick so when Rodgers is the quarterback obviously we had the Jordan Love for two drives week one during that blowout um, the wide receivers um, the distribution's been a little lopsided and I bet you know where this is going reception so far through three games Devante 25 NVS 6 Lazard 3 Cobb 3 Equinemia St. Brown from the practice squad with one and Amari Rogers and Malik Taylor with zero. So that's 25 for Adams. And what is that? Uh, 16? No, 13. I can't do math for the rest. So it's basically a two to one ratio with Adams and everyone else on the wide receiver core. So the fill in the blank is that two to one reception ratio with Adams makes me feel blank sure, go sure. first all right well to add to your stats to the in sunday night's game uh, adams had 18 targets and then eight to all the other wide receivers and tight ends combined so they're feeding adams the ball defenses know they are and he's still carving them up i think we're past the whole is this sustainable he just continues to just get better and he looks physically built even more so than he did. He looks like he's put on, I don't know, 10 pounds of muscle. I feel okay. I, I just think Devonta Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL. You have Aaron Jones that is a great pass catching back in, in, in the backfield, and he's also just electric running the ball. You look at this offensive line and who they put in, and they still were able to generate yards on the ground. They were still able to move the chains, and Aaron Rodgers and was able to connect with Devontae Adams even when the defense knew that he was going to throw to Devontae Adams. I think I'd like to see a little bit more Sycamore, um, obviously. But when you're looking back at the game, just looking at the highlights, you're seeing all these different players do all the little things that aren't showing up in the stat sheet that are probably making Devontae Adams a little bit more open. So not to get long-winded, but I I feel fine. I, I, I think that as long as Aaron Rodgers continues to get that ball out quickly... I don't want him to force it. All those throws to Devontae Adams, he was he he's got some separation and he's just an artist at that. And I also just think the pairing with Aaron Jones just makes me feel great. You've got that one two punch. So 
I feel great. This offense is special. It's magical. The biggest thing for me was what was the mindset? Is this team on the same page? Are they collectively mm-hmm. cohesive? And uh, this is the win that I feel like uh, gets you in that right direction. Yeah, I mean, I can pretty much just echo that that to the T. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm not gonna go with fine, great. I'm gonna go a little, little perplexed um, in that I don't know how the hell they keep doing it. Like you mentioned, yeah. you know, they they go to them, they go to them. Defenses know it's coming. They can't cover them. He makes these phenomenal, phenomenal magical catches. Defenses can't stop him. It's just, it's just, it's perplexing. It, it baffles me how week in and week out they can continue to go down this path. Uh, like, like you mentioned, is it sustainable? Well, until someone proves otherwise, yeah, it's definitely sustainable. And like you, I would like to see them, you know, spread the ball out a little bit more. Yeah, you know, I, I think some of their most prolific offenses were when they were getting the ball to to other receivers. But again, mm-hmm. if they're winning, if it's working, go with what works. Keep you know, keep it going. So you know, like I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna you know, keep keep going on and on about it. It's just, it's amazing. It's perplexing. I don't know how they do it, and I, I hope it, you know, hope it can can continue. Right. Yeah, I'm there with you guys. I think you said it really well. I, I'm just, you know, I'm in the same boat, like perplexed. Like, like if I'm a defensive coordinator, do you do you play do you play him like a gunner on like punt coverage? Do you do you guys do you do put two guys on the line and jam them? enforce them out of bounds. Like, what do you do? Like, like I, I feel at this point you have to commit like two guys on every passing down just to try and stop them. And which opens it up for Aaron. Right. Jones and and for, then, yeah. It creates problems on yeah. other sides of the field. So man, it's, it's a, this offense is a true blessing to have and have a guy who, who can deliver those numbers, even in the spite, you know, in the face of all that added attention that he's been given is just incredible. And man, he's on one hell of a pace right now. But yeah, I know that, you know, there's questions about being forced to and everything, you know, that's a whole nother issue. You know, I don't, I don't think we're seeing that either as well. I, I, he's I, open. Right. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's coming down with the catches. If it was like 30 targets, nine catches that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> then we can have another conversation. But, you know, at some point, you know, the other receivers are going to, you know, they're going to get their, they're going to get their hands on the ball there. You know, there's plenty of balls to go around, but. Man, right now you just got to keep feeding the hot hand. And it's just so um, – I'm just thankful to be able to watch just being a football fan and be able to watch this type of play. It's truly special. I know Jordy Nelson was great and had some great seasons, and you also had Sterling Sharp. But this stretch that we're seeing with Devontae Adams in the last two years, including this in these three games so far, dare I say the best stretch that a Packers wide receivers ever had – it's just one of those things where, like you mentioned, Ken, the 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 twirl in in, in mid air, just these little these added flair that just makes watching him so much fun. And people know that he's gonna get the ball. I mean, and Rogers missed him before the the Niners marched down to take that lead. Rogers missed him on that, uh, underthrew him, and. He, it looked like Adams was looking for a back shoulder fade, and and Rogers actually wanted to loft it a little bit more. So there, were, he even had a, a cornerback draped over him, and there was still an opportunity for him to haul it in. So it it'll be interesting to see what defenses do moving forward. But I just think with Lafleur and Rogers with this mindset of what he's doing, if they're trying to isolate Devonta Adams, it just opens up for Aaron Jones and for some others like Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard was open a, a few times in week two. Rogers just didn't feed him. So it's only going to be a matter of time before uh, he starts feeding Lazard, MVS as well. Tunyon is the the little head scratcher. I'd, I'd like to see him a little bit more 
involved in the passing game, but he's doing all he's doing all the dirty work. Pancake and Nick Bosa. That was a fun play to watch. I saw that happen live, like before the replay or anything. I was like, who? At first, I thought that was uh, Mercedes Lewis. Uh, Big dog. And then you, you, I was like, oh man, who was that? Was that Lewis? And I'm like, oh no, that's that's Tanyan, baby. Oh, that was so good to watch. And I know. I wonder what he said. Uh, he said something. <laughs> he said something. Man. How are you doing? Something like that. Uh, greetings. Yeah, the sycamore. Yeah, that was that was. It's great to watch that development too. To you know, mm-hmm. like, man, it's exciting to watch, see Tanya. And, you know, we've been you've been his number one fan for a while, and you know, I know all of us have been rooting for him as well. But man, this year he came back as a restricted free agent, and he'll be mm-hmm. he'll be due for a big contract. And I really hope the Packers find out find figure out a way to keep him around long term because boy, he's fun to watch. And it's going to open up soon. It's only a matter of time. I mean, week two, the touchdown grab by Tunyon, you're he's still got it. He just has there hasn't been designs yet for Rodgers to connect to him. It's only a matter of time before it will. And maybe maybe he has this big breakout game. In week four against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but as we wrap up two and one on tap, the Packers face off against the Steelers, rematch of the Super Bowl, baby. So including the Super Bowl uh, with the Packers and Steelers, six of the last seven games between these two teams have been decided by seven points or less. So it's usually been a hotly contested game. I thought this was interesting. This is the first career start against the Steelers at Lambeau Field for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it's the only team in the league that he hasn't started at home or started against at home. So another thing to cross off Aaron Rodgers' bucket list or his to-do list. And what are your thoughts as the Packers and Steelers square off at Lambeau again? I don't think Rodgers has played the Steelers at all since uh, the Super Bowl. Was I think the, the other time. Yeah, because Matt Flynn was. Flynn, I thought, uh, whatchamacallit. Oh, geez, I can't. Huntley? I thought he had to start last time they played the Steelers mm-hmm. as well. Um, it, yeah, I'll go if you don't mind. I'll, I'll keep keep gabbing on here. It should be an interesting interesting game. I know the you know the Steelers are having their struggles right now. Big Ben isn't working or isn't looking too great. He's kind of looking his age, and it's going to be another another test for our secondary. I know that uh, their their big receivers have been you know injury prone. I think all three are have been cleared to, to play this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. But they're not going to be you know they're not going to be 100. percent So yeah, I mean you got to cover Juju. Claypool and uh, Deontay Johnson, and then also you got a handful in uh, in Najee Harris as well. Yep. So it is definitely going to be uh, another good test for our, our defense, our secondary. One thing that I thought interesting, you know, kind of looping back to when we were talking about, you know, Rogers, I guess, lack of spreading the ball around. Schuster, Claypool, Johnson, and Harris each have a uh, hundred yards, hundred yards receiving, um, you know, uh, this season. So you know, Big Ben is definitely mm-hmm. utilizing those those four weapons in the in the passing game. So it's going to be tough. Uh, TJ Watt, he's always, you know, he's always going to be someone to, to look out for. I think he's got some, some injury issues as well. He's got a nagging groin, I believe, but uh, he's expected to play. He's, he's a beast. Uh, so that'll be another test for our offensive line. I have confidence though. I think if we could handle Bosa and crew, I think we should be able to handle uh, Watt and crew as well. Man, Roethlisberger looks terrible. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Like, I, I would this the Packers need to win this game. Um, I don't know of a better way of saying it. He looks terrible. He looks there was a lot of talk last year if he was going to hang it up for financial reasons too. They were really struggling with the salary cap, and him walking away would have done a lot of favors. But he took a big pay cut and did a bunch of 
salary cap jujitsu here to to make his number not as as painful. But man, it seems like maybe that was a mistake. We see this sometimes with the quarterbacks in their final year, and you can kind of just tell that they're not really they're not they're a shell of their former self. And I think that's what we're going to be seeing. Unfortunately, I, I hate to talk about this, you know, Roethlisberger like that, but. It, it, this is a quarterback-driven league, and you know we'll we'll see what can happen there. Uh, to your point, Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster are going to be big weapons if um, against this defense. Those will be big tests, and yeah, Watt. Oh man, the oh the Watt versus King came back again this <laughs> week, and it will come back this whole week. You know that it's oh, but sure. it, that is what it is. But if he's available to play, you know he can be a force on the defense. But I'm I'm expecting a heavy Packers win at home. Yeah, the Steelers are down right now, so I, you can't let the Packers allow them to get back up. There's a potential for a letdown game. You get all excited for the San Francisco uh, win, come back. The energy still needs to be there. I'd like to think that Lafleur is able to right the ship a little bit and able to get everyone back on track and um, a win at Lambeau. Packers are hard to beat at home, especially with Lafleur and Rodgers, so like you said, Roethlisberger looks bad. I mean, he threw it 58 times uh, last week against the the Bengals, and the Bengals just kind of sat back and sort of picked him apart. The big thing with Roethlisberger is, granted, he's still got some skills, but so you can't let him get comfortable. I'd like to see this be another opportunity for uh, Barry and the defense to get a little bit more confident. We've got some players on defense, so it'd be interesting to see uh, with Zadarius Smith, him being out for... Uh, I mean, he was gone for a minimum of three weeks. What are we looking at right now? Uh, next week, week week five for a potential return, possible. We don't know, really. So for sure, he'll be out this Sunday. Yeah, he's definitely out this Sunday. That's the third game, and if he's ready to go after that, he can return any time after the Steelers game. So I don't know how severe this his his back was looking. I know the Packers, you know, felt like it was better to shut him down completely. Yeah, then risk, you know, only doing limited snaps and try and get through it. So it didn't sound like it would be a, you know, half a season type of injury, but you never know. We'll have to be watching the transactions and the press conferences closely, you know, after this game to see what what the plan is there. And then the following week, Daphne as well, he can be coming up. um, So he can be available again week six against the Bears, I believe, going forward. I'm looking forward to getting Z back. I think, it, obviously, he just boosts this defense. Uh, the D-line it was great against the San Francisco 49ers. Lowry got busy, which helped uh, Kenny Clark get some one-on-ones, and he definitely got after Garoppolo. Would love to see that. you got to stop the run again with Najee Harris, uh, very powerful and explosive rookie running back. But I feel good. I think the, they're two different teams. The Packers are um, trending upward, and the Steelers are trending downward, so... Let's just take care of business at Lambeau. Before we wrap up 2-1 and one on tap, I did want to mention some precarious news with Tyler Lancaster, who landed on the reserve COVID list. Uh, per agreed upon the NFL and the NFL Players Association policy, the clubs are not permitted to comment on a player's medical status other than referring to a roster status. So him being placed on the reserve COVID-19 list um, is either for a positive COVID test or who's been in close contact with an infected person or persons. So something to monitor as well. Um, that D-line is also something that Lowry picked it up a little bit. You got to see Slayton in there as well, but we've had some comments about Lancaster, but uh, uh, we need that sort of depth. We need we need him in there. 
your thoughts of uh of this news i did hear i did hear um was it that he that it was in fact a positive test that is being kind of communicated out i know that per Rick, did he announce it he did not announce it but there's um there's a source on twitter world who is pretty reliable with transactions and um specific specifically mm-hmm. specified that covid or that going on the list first and then after that said it is in fact a positive test um again that hasn't been communicated by the team and i don't know if as of recording i haven't you know any of the packers beat have not confirmed or you know really discussed that in much detail at all unfortunate and something to definitely monitor um very likely out for this upcoming game and who knows you know what the future yeah. is I feel I can't even stay on top of what the, all the rules and regulations are right now that they keep changing and it's different for vaccinated versus unvaccinated. And, but you know, it's a time for what Slayton and Heflin are the next men up and hopefully let's see if Heflin gets some snaps. Yeah, he was One act- step closer. Yeah. He was active against the Niners. Again, didn't get any snaps yep. and I think had a few special teams ones and you know, that could change this upcoming week. What? So I got a little surprise for you or, I cut you off. Yeah, way to go. I was going to ask, wasn't it the D-line coach that just had, went on the COVID list after the, or was that a couple weeks ago? Montgomery. Last when was week. that? Last was it just week. last week? So mm-hmm. I wonder, hmm, uh, I hope it's not correlated in any way. We won't know. No, I mean, no, we won't. But They'll keep that hush-hush. I, I, it's interesting. Tis, tis the times, I hope, uh, we're not dealing with any sort of outbreak or anything like that. So something to keep in mind and something to... Be cautious about moving forward. So I, I do want to r- r- do something really quick that I haven't done before with you all as we wrap up two and one on tap. So we've been talking about surprise players in the first half of our uh, in-season episodes. So real quickly, give me your surprise player for uh, this week four showdown with the Steelers and Packers. Ooh, you know what? I'm going to continue right off what we we're. Uh... What we were just talking about, I think maybe TJ Slayton has an opportunity to get. Oh, to you dog, you! Ha! I went first. <laughs> um, I, I just think it, it, the the opportunity is there, right? And we've seen, you know, we've talked about it. We've seen now a few few jobs being won. It looks like Runyon is going to be the guy um, stepping up first, and then we saw Stokes as well. The defensive line is another opportunity where I think there could be a changing of the guard in terms of starting and. That really only happens with the Packers when there's ample opportunity. And so maybe this is where, you know, a Heflin or, or Slayton can step up and be that surprise, and it starts there. My surprise, I am going to go with my boy uh, Alan Lazard. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, I you know, it. he's he's been patient, if you will, and, and, and quiet doing everything that uh, the team asks of him and staying kind of staying out of the spotlight, blocking special teams, all that. And I think uh, – with the possibility of MVS being out or limited with his hamstring injury, I think it's going to be uh, Lazard's uh, week to step into that that number two receiver slot and uh, and ball out. So uh, he's going to have at least one tug this weekend. Ooh, I love it. You know, I could go Mr. Bojangles, but I, I that's sort of we've been there, been done that. We know what Bojangles is going to do. He's going to go out there and be lethal as as much as uh, a punter can. <laughs> Uh, but uh, for I, I'm thinking special teams. I think uh, Kylan Hill could be a surprise. I just feel like a nice uh, surprise return. Ooh, there you um, go. Add on to uh, what they've been sort of uh, 
compounding lately, but uh, I'm looking for Kylan Hill to surprise with a nice little special teams run and uh, start having the special teams be an asset and uh, not a liability like it's been in years past. It, it, Maurice Drayton, I feel like, has got a nice crew, and um, I only think that special teams core or that core special teams is going to only get better. So Kylan Hill is going to be my surprise player. And uh, and with that, we wrap up two and one on tap. Any last words until next week? Um, let's let's roll out with uh, three and one on tap next week. Ooh, ooh. Well now said. you stole mine again. So <laughs> well, there you have it, Packer fans. Thank you so much for tuning in to two and one on tap. We love it week in week out. Talking about the Green Bay Packers, especially after this thrilling victory over the San Francisco 49ers. Packers play the Steelers week four. I'm your co-host, Bryce Christensen. I'm Nebels. And I'm Ken Ingalls. And this is the Unknown Packers Podcast. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Unknown Packers, as well as Facebook, Instagram, the Unknown Packers Podcast. You can check us out on our website, theunknownpackers.com, and a variety of different podcast platforms as well. You can also say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers Podcast. That's right. We're friends with Alexa. Go Paco. This podcast was edited and produced by Sonic Transformation. Sonic Transformation. Your sound refined.